want us to look at, come with me to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. This is a story you know, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The Bible says that the king in his wrath put them into the fairy furnace. And the Bible says in from verse 23, says that, and these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the midst of the burning fairy furnace. And the king, Nebuchadnezzar, was astonished. He rose up in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they they answered and said, true, O king. And he said, look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. I prophesy to you that this uh, bag or this virus or bacteria will come and pass and you will not be hurt. I say I prophesy to you that you will not be hurt. You will be loose in this time that everybody is hiding. You will be loose and you will not be hurt. Hallelujah. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fairy furnace and spoke saying Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego servants of the most high come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire. And the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together. And they saw these men on whose body the fire had no power. On your body, the virus will have no power. The hair of their head was not signed. Nor were the garments affected. And the smell of fire was not on them. Church, I have one thing to tell you. And that one thing is that when the king looked into the fairy furnace, he saw four men. When he called them out, only three came. Which which means that one of them is still in the fire. And he was kept in the fire so that when you go through the fire, he will be there to save you. He is still in the fire for you, for your sake, for my sake. So when virus comes, when pestilence comes, when perilous times come, he is in the fire with us. He is still there. The three went in and came out. You will go in and you will come out. I prophesy that we will go through this spirit and we will come out. Because he is with us. For today, I want to suspend what we've been talking about and I want to bring a message of hope. I said, I want to bring a message of hope. A message that will, will give us hope. Because if there's anything we need in these times, it's the hope. Hallelujah. And I'm going to take it from a simple scripture that we all know, Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Somebody say, I have a hope. That God's hand of protection is on me. I want to talk about God's hand of protection. If you're looking for a sermon title, it's God's hand of protection. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. And my fortress, my God, in whom I will trust. Surely he will save me 
from the foulest snare and from the from deadly pestilence. Amen. I say, do we have deadly pestilence going around? What's it called again? COVID nineteen. Corona. Coronavirus. Somebody said it's a colonial virus because it's colonizing the world. <laughs> Hallelujah. He will cover me with his wings and under his wings will I find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampant and rampant. Don't fear the terror for, of the night nor the arrow that flies by day. Not the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plagues that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall to your side and ten thousand to your right hand, but it will not come nigh you. Amen. Only You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say the Lord is my refuge, and you shall make the most high your dwelling place. No harm will overtake you. No disaster will come, no, no disaster will come near you, your tents. For he will command his angels concerning you to guide you in all your ways. They will lift up in their hands, they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not they will, you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and on the cobra. You will trample on the great lion and the serpent because he loves you, says the Lord. I will rescue you. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. Amen. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, somebody, with, somebody say with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen. Amen. Now, this, this is very, a very powerful scripture, but I want you guys to look at this scripture in three faces. Three different faces. The first face is the prerequisite for protection. Are you with me? Phase one is what? Prerequisite for protection, which means that not everybody will be protected you have to qualify for God's protection in order to enjoy God's protection. Amen. And the second part is what God is going to save us from. So we, our qualification to his protection, number two, what he's going to save us from, and number three, how he's going to do it. Amen. Have you got it? So the first one is what? The requirements that we need to meet for his protection. Number two, what he's going to save us from. And number three, how he's going to do it. Amen. And the scripture starts by, from verse one. It says that he that dwells. Amen. He that, that's what? He that dwells. I, I, I mean, anything in the Bible that you see is not there for fun. There is a reason why he didn't say he that dwelt, past tense, or he that will dwell, present tense. But he says that he that 
dwells. Present continuous. He that dwells. Which means that if you dwelt in the past and you are not dwelling now, you don't qualify. Am I making sense to somebody? Number two, if you are thinking of dwelling in the future, you you are not dwelling now, you haven't dwelt in the past, you also don't qualify. He that dwells, currently dwelling, he that dwells, amen, present tense, and the word dwells, to dwell in the Hebrew is yashab, Y-A-S-H-A-B, yashab, which means he that sits down. He that is settled. He that remains inhabited. Which means that this person is not moving. This person is not in and out. This person is not somebody who is here but is there. But he's settled at one place. And that place is called the secret place. He that dwells. Yashab. He that sits. He that is concentrated. He that is, his mind is focused on God. He that is, is, is permanently located in the secret place. So we read the scripture sometimes and we don't know the import of the, the scripture. We don't know the power of the scripture because we just read it. He that dwells in it, we sing with it. He that dwells in the secret place of the most high. But the word he that dwells is very important. You have to qualify. In this day of coronavirus that is plaguing the world, that is making everybody afraid, you have to dwell. I say you have to dwell. You must dwell. Amen. And to dwell means to sit, to concentrate, to focus, to inhabit. The government is saying that all of us must stay at home. Self-quarantine. It means you have to self-dwell. Are you with me? You have, to be, you have to stay put in one place if you want to qualify for protection. Amen. And the second thing that I want you to look at is the secret place. A secret place is not an open place. A secret place is not a place that everybody knows. A secret place is secret because it belongs to a certain group of people. That is exclusive. It is a secret place. Someone say a secret place. Now, a secret place can be described as a special place in a house or a city that only a child his father, and a few others know. You know, most uh, children that live in a certain type of house where their father has a tree house built for them. How many know what I'm talking about? Their father has built a certain cabin inside the tree. It's a secret place. Only the father and the child can go there. 
Even some of the people in the, in the house are not allowed to go to that place or may not even know where it is. Hallelujah. Because a secret between the, the child, the father, and a few others who qualify. The secret place we are talking about is the place where only we and God dwell. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? Psalm 27 verse 5, he says that he shall hide me in his pavilion. The enemy would not have to break through the rank. You see, when, let's look at, are you there? For in time of trouble, he will do what? He shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me and he shall set me high upon a rock. If the devil shall come as a flood, the spirit of God will lift up a standard and put us on a rock. He will take our ass from our feet from the miracle and he will set us up on high so that the enemy will not be able to exact upon us. He that dwells in the secret place. Secret place of prayer. Secret place of constant worship. Secret place of constant fellowship with God. This is not a time to become an addict of news, CNN news. This is not the time to be an addict of the local news. Because everything you're going to hear on the local news is how many people have died. How many dead? How many people have contracted the disease? How many people are dying? How many people? And all of that gender fears. In fact, we've been told that more people have survived the coronavirus than people who have died. But it seems as if the news only focuses on the people who have died. And that is generating unusual fear. And Job said something. The thing that I greatly feared is what has come upon me. Hallelujah. So you will see that that fear, it becomes a spirit that overshadows you. And that purpose of that spirit is to dislodge you from the secret place. So that you become a, 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 a target for the enemy. Hallelujah. But I want us to constantly yashab. Constantly yashab. Inhabit, sit, stay put in the secret place of the Most High. Hallelujah. See, God has not destined for any of us to lose our lives. I say God has not destined for you to lose your life. He has not destined for you to be overtaken by the enemy. I am not saying that we should be silly. I'm not saying that we should ignore all the rules. No, wash your hands, keep your distance, you know, don't take unusual, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, unnecessary um, trips all over the place and all that. No, you should do that. But more importantly, dwell in the secret place of the Most High. More importantly, stay in the place of prayer. 
in the place of worship, in the place of his grace, in the place where he can find you. Amen. Colossians chapter 3, 1 to 3. See, that secret place connotes a home, a meeting place, a place where we meet God. Every one of us, in, in case you have never had a place in your house where is a secret meeting place between you and God, from today, I'm urging you to find your place. It may be a chair. It may be a corner in the house. It may be a place when you go and sit, nobody disturbs you. A place where the phone is not allowed to come with you. Amen. A place where the television is not allowed to come with you. The laptop is not allowed to come with you. A place where you can concentrate and focus your mind on God. Hallelujah. Are you in Colossians chapter 1? Chapter 3, verse 1, sorry. We give thanks to God. What is this? If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Next verse, quickly. Set your mind on things above, not on things on this earth. Hallelujah. Next one. For you died and your life is hidden in Christ, in God. Amen. This is the secret place I'm showing you. Your life is hid in Christ, in God. And it's a place you have to set your mind on. Which means that you can easily lose your mind from that place when you set your mind on earthly things. In this day and age, everything is focusing our minds on the earthly things rather than heavenly things. You see that uh, uh, all of us, it's like the news. What's on the news? What's on the news? And then who says, this one says, this gossip, gossip. Oh, this person has got a disease. That person has got a disease. That person, that person. And all genders feel. Hallelujah. Amen. What we are going to do is that from today, we are going to have everyday meeting. Every day, we are going to do it online. I will come and encourage us. Until this, this thing passes, we are going to have observe the secret place together, you and I. And when the time comes, whatever time we decide that we are going to meet, be there. Who oh, I say be there. Amen. We will pray and we will focus our minds on God rather than on the, on the things around so that we can be sure that God's protection will be upon us. How many things are a good idea? Hallelujah. Let me give you a characteristic of the person who stays in the, this secret place. The characteristic of the person who stays in this place. You can find it. We are still reading the scripture. I don't know whether you, you are with me. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord. The characteristics, this person has a certain characteristic that I want you to look at. 
Number one, he loves to be alone with God. He loves to be alone with God. Amen. See, a secret place is not a place that is communal. Not everybody lives there. It's a lonely place because it's secret. Remember, David, who wrote this psalm, was, for the most part of the time he was writing this, he was in, he was being pursued by the king. So he kept running from one cave to the other. He kept running to hide in secret places so that the king will not catch him. Are you with me? But that, that, that picture is what you and I are living in with today. Where being outside in the plane is the most dangerous thing for us. When we are in a secret place where no one can see us, no one can touch us or harm us. Amen. It's loving to be alone with God. Number two, worshiping within the, within the veil. Worshiping in, the, in your closet. Worshiping in the closet. The song that we're singing, singing earlier on is a song that has been on my heart all day. All day. And I've been worshiping with that, that song. It is not for everybody. I'm just singing it within my heart. Hallelujah. Somebody who converses with God in solitude. Somebody who doesn't need a prayer encourager. Somebody to give a lot of uh, illustrations in the Bible before they start to pray. But they can just wait on God in prayer by themselves. Hallelujah. Like, like David said, as the deer panted after the water brooks, so my soul pants after God. It shows you a kind of heart that the person had. David had a heart of being alone. He says, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than be anything anywhere else. Amen. So let's go back to the scripture. Psalm 91, we there. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2. And I will say, somebody say, I will say. See, one of the, one of the weapons that we have to be using in this few uh, days or these uh, days that we are in is saying confession. I will say of the Lord. I will confess of the law. See, one of the secret, secret uh, weapons we have as Christians, as believers, is the weapons of confession. We don't use it all the time, but I want to, to emphasize on it that in this moment, in these difficult times, in this perilous times, we have to use the confession of our faith. We have to confess. A thousand will fall to my left and ten thousand to my right, but none of it will come to my near my dwelling place. Because my life is hid in Christ in God. Amen. And then there is one thing that I want you to notice on this in this verse. I will say of the Lord, He calls God's name five times. He calls God's name. And you see, anytime God's name is mentioned. There's one aspect of God that is shown. 
Amen. Anytime God's name is mentioned, there's one aspect. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Amen. The first name, most high God. The word Lord is most high God. Psalm 57 verse 2. I cry out to God most high. To God who fulfills his new purpose for me. I cry out to him. The Hebrew word for that, for most high, is Elohim. Elohim. The most high. Psalm 78 verse 35. Psalm 78 verse 35. And they remembered that God was what? Their rock. And the most high God, their redeemer. So when most high is mentioned, it means an elevated rock that the enemy cannot get access to. Hallelujah. Are we learning something? The next one is Lord God. Lord God. In Exodus chapter 34, verse 5 and to 7, he says that, and the, now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for a thousand for, for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children for the, to the third and to the fourth generation. Amen. The Lord God. Then the next one is the God who is our refuge. God, our refuge. Someone say our refuge. You only need refuge when there is time for panic. You only need refuge when something is chasing you. You only need refuge when something that you cannot fight is trying to attack you. Isaiah 52 verse 12, the Bible says, For you will not depart in panic. Nor will you f have to flee. For Jehovah, that's God your refuge, will go ahead of you. And the God of Israel will be your rear guard. God our refuge. How many have I given you so far? Three. Huh? Somebody has how many? Most high. Which is Lord Almighty. No. I, I haven't given him Almighty. Okay, then I'm, the next one is Almighty. So okay, let's let's do let's do 
Lord God, then refuge, isn't it? God our refuge. The next one is almighty. And that is the, the Hebrew word for God almighty is El Shaddai, which means the all-powerful one, the almighty God. Psalm 132, verse 2 and 5. Psalm 132, verse 2 and 5. Quickly, Psalm 132, verse 2. And he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob. Verse 5. Until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. Amen. He's mighty. The word might means strength. Are you with me? And see, he says that almighty means that all strength. Coronavirus is a might. But God is almighty. Are you with me? Every disease is a might. Everything that Satan has is a might. But whatever might that Satan brings, God is almighty. Are you with me? See, sometimes what you must understand is that when you have anything that is attacking you or when you have anything that Satan is bringing, you must see God bigger than the problem. Are you with me? If we can focus on God being almighty, then the might of this disease will not be something that we'll be afraid of. Hallelujah. Am I making sense to somebody? The might of this disease is not as strong as the almighty God. God is mightier than this. And the last one is God our fortress. God our fortress. Psalm 37 verse 39. God our fortress. And how many know of a fort? How many have seen a fort before? A fort is a stronghold. A strong place that enemies cannot enter. In those days, they used to build fortresses by the sea, which means that you cannot come behind because behind is the sea. And in front, you meet the wall that you cannot jump. Fortress, amen. But the salvation of the Lord righteous, the, the, the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord and he is their strength in times of trouble. Amen. Can we say that we are in troubled times? If we are in troubled times, then we must know that God, our fortress, is with us. He is our strength. He is almighty God. He is our refuge. He is the Lord God. Proverbs 6, 2 says that the words that we use ensnares us. Proverbs 6, 2. You are ensnared by the words of your mouth. See, as a believer, make sure that you don't confess negative. 
Make sure you don't confess strength into this disease. See, it's amazing how the whole world is panicking because of this disease. But they are not afraid of the second coming of Jesus. They are not afraid of death and hell. Jesus said, I do not be afraid of this one, the one who can kill this body, but be afraid of the one who can not only kill this body, but he can kill the body and take the body to hell. That's the one you must fear more. No coronavirus. Amen. I've said it so many times in so many funny ways that now I'm become, it's becoming difficult for me to even say it properly. Amen. Amen. So we have talked about the first one, which is what? What was the first one? Prerequisite for protection. Let's talk about the protection of God is itself. God's protection. Let's go to verse 3. That's uh, Psalm 91 verse 3. Surely he will, shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. That second part, we can safely put the coronavirus in. It's a perilous pestilence. Are you with me? It's an epidemic. It's a pestilence. A pandemic is a pestilence. And the word perilous means dangerous. So it's a dangerous virus, isn't it? And it says that surely he will deliver you from the snare. The word snare means the trap. The trap of the fowler. There's a trap of the evil one. Or the trap of the evil disease. Amen. He will deliver us. Let's read on. Verse 4. He shall cover you with his feathers. And under his wing you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Amen. Amen. Can you see protection? He will cover us with his wings. He will shield us. And he would put us in his refuge. You are going to sit next to somebody who has the disease. God will move somebody else to sit there and move you away from there. Hallelujah. One thing that you must do is be sensitive. He that dwells in a secret place of most high is very sensitive to God's voice. You are about to go. And he tells you, don't go. Don't force and go. Don't say that, oh, I have to go. No, you don't have to go. That's the protection. The protection is in, his, in the word he speaks to you. That feeling you get. You're about to do something. Say, don't do it. Please don't do it. We are not living in normal times. We are living in war times, if you like. So you need to be very, very, very strategic and very, very sensitive with your spiritual ear to hear what God is saying. Am I making sense to somebody? He says, don't go. You don't go. He says, sit. You sit. He says, pray. You pray. He says, worship. You worship. Hallelujah. Am I making sense? Next verse. 
He shall, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day. Amen. You see, fear itself is another scheme of Satan. Fear itself is one of the schemes of Satan. If Satan can keep the world in fear, he has won. Because fear means faith is abstinence. Amen. But the righteous are supposed to be bold as lions. Hallelujah. Isn't it true? The righteous are supposed to be as bold as lions. How come we are afraid? How come we have allowed fear to get the better part of us? Arrows that fly by day, open attacks from distance, from speeding arrows, pestilence that stalks in the darkness. All these are alluding to nocturnal beings. Amen. But he's protecting us. Plagues that destroy at midday. Verse 6. Look at verse 6. Not the pestilence that walks in the night, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. See, this disease is, is night and day, isn't it? Let's read on. A thousand shall fall to your side and ten thousand to your right hand, but it shall not come near your dwelling. Amen. Only with your eyes you shall behold the reward of the wicked. Am I making sense? Hello? Nobody's minding me. God's protection is on us. Amen. Amen. Now look at how, he def- how we differ from others. Verse 7. Some are falling. Can you see it? Some are falling. But we are standing. Amen. You see, there must be a difference between Goshen and Egypt. There must be a difference between those that believe in God and those who don't believe in God. Otherwise, he fails to be God. Or we fail to be believers. Hallelujah. There must be a difference. And there will be a difference. As we seek the Lord's face and stay focused on him, there will be a difference. Hallelujah. And this is to encourage you not to be afraid. When you see another Christian becoming ill, don't think that because they are falling means you will fall. There is a difference. Hallelujah. I say there is a difference. He is our rock. And he's going to put us high above where the enemy cannot get us. Next verse. Verse 8. Only with your eyes you shall behold and see the reward of the wicked. Verse 9. Because you have made the Lord God your refuge, even the most high your dwelling place. Next verse. No evil shall befall you, nor any plague come near your dwelling place. I decree and declare that no evil plague will come near your dwelling place. I say no evil will come near your dwelling place. 
We will not hear anything evil. We will not bury anyone in this place. I say we will not bury anyone in this place. Because God is with us. Hallelujah. I say God is with us. Next verse. He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Go on, quickly, quickly. Let's go on, quick. And in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone. You will not trample and fall on somebody who has the virus. Amen. You shall, you shall tread upon scorpions and cobra. And the cobra and the young lion and the serpent shall not you shall trample underfoot. You step on things that everybody is afraid of and you'll be still walking. Amen. I say you'll be still walking. Hallelujah. This doesn't mean that we won't have troubles, but it means that he will deliver us. Amen. I say he will deliver us. I don't know whether you have a hope in that God will deliver you, but I am hopeful that God will deliver me. He hasn't failed me yet all these years, and he's not about to start. Hallelujah. Verse 15. Let's look at 15. You shall call upon me, and I will answer. I will be with you, or be with him in trouble. Amen. I started by saying that the fourth man was still left in the fairy furnace. He hasn't come out as yet. He's not coming out anytime soon. He's waiting for you and I to go through the fire. And when we go through the fire, he's going to be there with us. I say when we go through the fire, he's going to be with us. Whether it's a medical fire, whether it's a financial fire, because people are afraid to lo of losing their jobs. It's not just the uh, medical problems that we are afraid of. But some are afraid of our businesses. Some are afraid of our livelihood. Uh, we are going to lose our jobs. They are going to lay us off. But I came to tell you that God is about to protect you. Amen. He's going to be with you in trouble. Even when you lose your job, you're going to get a better one. Amen. Hallelujah. I was saying last, was it last week? I was saying that when the wind is very contrary, other birds hide. But eagles take advantage to soar. This is the time to take advantage to start your business. I said, this is the best time to invest. This is the best time to start buying a house. Because the prices have dropped. Because nobody is selling. Everything is flat. The economy is... Because they don't have a God that you and I have. So they don't have the voice that we have. Amen. Their wings are not held by God but we shall mount up with wings as eagles because we are waiting on God. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings and soar where the eagles are. I see you soaring where the eagles are. If you have any, any plans of investing, this is the time. Wait on God. Hear God. Let God direct you to the right place to invest. Amen. Let's do the last one. Are you okay? What was the last one? How? No, we've done the how, haven't we? What he protects us from. No, we've done what he protects us from. And we've done how he will do it. 
Okay. So, we are about to finish, isn't it? How will he do it? He commanded, well, number one, commanding his angels. Can you see it? And he will surround us. He will answer our prayers. He will call upon me. He will answer him in trouble. He will deliver him. Isn't it? The angels, where is the angels? Verse 11. For he will command his angels to guard you. Amen. I pray and I prophesy unto you that God's angels are on assignment to your house. They are going to stand guard on your house. Even before you get home, they are waiting for you. And they are going to be with you as you go. Amen. God will keep his promise. He will not let one drop of his word fall to the ground. Hallelujah. I say he will not allow one drop of his word to fall to the ground. I want us to believe God. I want us to focus our minds on God. I want us to dwell in the secret place. It's a conscious thing. It is a deliberate thing. Amen. This is the time where you, you, you're on the bus at home. Wherever you're going, it's not a time to be going on social media. Because all that is on social media is dooms, discouraging words. Who has got what disease and who is dying? But I want you to focus on the word. I say focus on the word. I want you to focus on worship. Focus on the word of God. You see, when the Bible says in Christ, in God, it means in the word, through prayer, in God. Amen. You cannot abide in Christ when the word of God is not abiding inside of you. Because Christ became the word that dwelt among men. Am I making sense? So to abide in, in Christ, in God, means to abide in the word, in worship, in the spirit, inside God. Amen. Amen. And I, I pray and I prophesy that by the time this season is over, you would have been promoted. Amen. I say by the time this season is over, you would have been promoted. The eagle, when the, eagles, when the eagle catches the storm, by the time the storm has finished, the eagle is way higher than any other bird because promotion has come through the storm. Amen. May this storm bring promotion to your life. Financially, materially, uh, medically, whatever it is, may this storm bring promotion to you.